This is Sound Business from Voiceworks, a podcast that looks behind the microphone and explores the technology, creativity, marketing and minds behind the world of sound. I'm Jim Salverson and today our focus is on podcasting. And this is a must-listen-to episode if you make a podcast of any size or are considering using podcasting as part of your audio strategy. Because I'm speaking to a man who is in the know when it comes to not just what is happening in the industry now, but also what is going to be happening in the industry over the next couple of years. James Cridland. Not only does James work as a consultant with various brands and companies on their audio strategy, but he also hosts his own podcast, Focused Podcast, Pod News. There's a link to that in today's episode description. And he publishes a regular podcast, Focused Newsletter, which is essential reading for anyone with an interest in that side of audio. On this episode, we're going to talk about the current podcast market, how Spotify might continue to disrupt the podcasting landscape, And James is going to make some bold predictions as to what the future might hold. As always, if you enjoy this show, please follow wherever it is you listen to podcasts as there are some great guests lined up that you will want to hear from. But first, enjoy James Cridland talking about the future of podcasting. James Cridland, how are you and where are you? I'm very good. I'm in Brisbane in Australia, as you can tell from my thick Australian accent. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you're obviously a Brit abroad. Yeah. Was the move to Australia, because your builder's kind of a, well, you were a radio futurologist, you're kind of now a podcasting expert. Was the move to Australia part of seeing a great opportunity for the medium out there, or were there other different reasons for taking the trip? Well, I mean, I met a girl, so uh, there there is always (laughs) that. But, you know, I'm still a radio futurologist. I still uh, help a bunch of people with uh, what the future of radio is going to be, and therefore it's quite fun actually living in the future it's the morning for you it's the evening (laughs) for me over here and uh, you know so that's uh, all fun but actually you know it's a very different and very vibrant place here both in terms of radio and in terms of podcasting as well so it's been uh, it's been a good move was that move from being a radio futurologist to an all-encompassing audio expert, was that a reflection of the changing scene? Is that the kind of natural development of where you see radio becoming less radio and kind of the idea that there is this bigger all-encompassing audio product, but it's ultimately within the same family, under the same umbrella? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm not sure that there was a big move particularly in that way, but I think, you know, radio has always been something which has been increasingly on demand and we've seen an awful lot of on-demand audio uh, you know catching up i mean when i was in the uk i was working for the original virgin radio and back in march of 2005 we launched the first daily podcast from a radio station you know and that was great fun to do and you know really showed i think that there's real opportunity there for on-demand audio just as there is live audio I think certainly all of the data seems to show that particularly younger audiences are very much looking forward to having audio on their terms, you know, whether that's Mm. uh, music, whether that's, you know, things like Spotify or YouTube music, or indeed uh, the spoken word as well, you know, audio such as um, 
podcasts. And actually, once you start looking into the US, for example, then you can see that the amount of spoken word that we're all listening to has really increased in the last five or six years, particularly for younger audiences, which I think is really exciting. So I think all of that is pointing very much to a future where the opportunities for radio and for podcasting is very much around community, it's around human beings, and it's not necessarily just live and local radio. It's all about, you know, on-demand experiences as well. So I think it's very interesting seeing how radio and audio is moving that way. It's interesting you mention the Netflix comparison, because I think that's a comparison that's made quite often in terms of TV versus radio, Netflix versus podcasting. Do you think they are directly comparable models? And do you think we'll see podcasting moving in a similar way to we've seen TV in that not only more and more becomes on demand, but also do you think we'll see a scenario where content is ring-fenced and put behind paywalls in the same way Netflix and Amazon Prime have? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a couple of things there. I think TV is working in a very different way than audio does. I think, you know, TV, really, you want live TV for three things now. You want live TV for sport, number one. You want live TV for those big shows, you know, the final of The Voice, the final of, um, I was going to say The Block, but you won't know what The Block is. <laughs> I've been so so subsumed into Australian culture. Um, but, uh, you know, so the, the final of those big, big shows. Cultural events. Um, but also live uh, news and things like that as well. You know, that that's really what live TV is all about. Whereas a lot of the rest of the sorts of things that we're watching on TV are eminently, you know, fine for catch up as well. And I think to a degree, that's what's happening in terms of audio as well. I mean, you know, if you just want um, a noise to go in the background as you drive the kids to school, then live radio will always be there. But if you want to have a bit more control over what you're listening to and really focus on listening to something rather than having something on in the background, then that's really where a podcast, you know, starts uh, going. And I think, you know, that's why advertising works so well on podcasting, for example, because people are actually always paying attention to it. Now, radio advertising works great too. I used to write radio ads a long, long time ago, but people are paying so much more attention to podcasts because it's podcasts on their time when they want to sit and listen to something. And so I think, you know, that that's very exciting if you're in marketing, if you're in branding, that actually just the opportunities that you have in terms of podcasting is really interesting. Where does that engagement difference come from? Is it purely because someone is making an active choice to consume a podcast? They are picking their content, they're picking their time, they're picking their location. And as you say, it's less to do with the radio version of that, which quite often is with the best win in the world. And I say this as a radio person who loves the medium, it can quite often be wallpaper. Yeah, I think there's a difference between speech radio and music radio for a start there. If you're listening to something like LBC or to Times Radio, you are listening to it. You are hearing what the people are saying because it's spoken word radio. 
And in the same way, podcasting is not that much different. You are listening to it um, specifically. That's why you've turned the radio on. Whereas music radio is a, bit di- is a bit different. You're not necessarily sitting there and listening to the lyrics and listening to every single mm. song which is on. You know, it's very much more a background medium. So I think there's a big difference between speech radio, speech-based radio, of which, you know, there are some things like Miles on Radio X. He's a speech show. He just happens to play the odd, the odd song here in there. But those sorts of speech shows do very well. But I think, I guess it's the difference between, uh, you talk a lot in television about lean forward, you know, and lean back. And, you know, if you're leaning forward to actively engage in something, it's going to be spoken word. Leaning back is, you know, come on, entertain me and put something on that I will enjoy, you know, humming along to. And that's what music radio does really well. There's a ton of research on this in terms of the impact that a podcast advert can have or a podcast live read and the engagement it has, be it in terms of someone relating directly to the host or be it in terms of the active listening or whatever it is. But the, the, the research is racking up. The data is there. But it seems at the moment there's almost a reluctance from a lot of advertisers to take that leap and trust the medium. We see the same old, same old, time and time again, Manscaped, Beer 52, MailChimp, the same companies that are investing in this space. Do you see evidence that that's growing? And what's it going to take to kind of push that boulder off the top of the hill, I guess? Well, yes. I mean, I think, you know, some of the advertising that you hear in podcasting isn't particularly helpful. But that said, you know, there is a ton of really good data coming out now about podcasting. And I think one of the things that podcasting has done very well at over the last year or so is adding more data in for advertisers so that advertisers understand a bit more about what it is that they're actually buying. Um, There's a lot of attribution work that's been going on so you can see how well your ads work. There's a lot of, uh, you know, other data in there as well, particularly in the US. And uh, some of this is linked to, you know, privacy rules and everything else. But I think actually, you know, we're beginning to see quite a lot of data around how well podcast ads work. And we're also beginning to see far more brands starting to use podcasts rather than just, you know, mail order companies who want to sell you mattresses or razor blades. Mm. So I think, you know, that that will certainly help. I mean, global podcast ad revenue for this year is one point nine billion dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of ad dollars which has gone into the podcasting world. And I think what's particularly exciting about that is that, um, yes, there's still a lot of that is happening in the US, but more and more now it's happening in Europe, in Asia, in, you know, Australia and so on and so forth. Actually, you know, podcasting is growing and being a proper global medium. And that's a great thing, I think. You mentioned data there. And there is an assumption, going back to what we were saying before about the likes of Spotify investing in shows like Joe Rogan, for example, and potentially, I mean, my assumption has always been that they're looking to create a Netflix of podcasting kind of scenario where people subscribe and they get exclusive shows. But I guess the flip side of that is by bringing people to their platforms to listen to Joe Rogan exclusively via Spotify, they're also being able to harvest that data. How important do you think that is for podcast platforms? Where do you think their focus is going to be for the likes of Apple and Spotify and whoever? Do they want people on their platform to get that data, to get that audience and then ultimately sell that on to advertisers? Or do you think there is a model where it will be where we can make X amount of you for a subscription for a month to get the shows that you love? 
To take a step back, I think both Apple and Spotify are roughly equal in terms of the amount of people who are using those uh, services now. Mm. And then you have everything else, which is the other third, if you like, of podcast consumption. But Spotify and Apple, of course, have very different goals. Spotify's goal is to make money, and Spotify's goal is to make money through advertising. And the reason why Spotify is pulling more and more of its shows as exclusives to its platform isn't necessarily to charge for it, although who knows what they might be doing in the future. It's far more around they get really good data out of it and they can advertise far better. Advertising within the Spotify platform isn't podcast advertising as you or I would know it. It's streaming advertising in an app because that's what, mm. you know, that's essentially how the thing works. And you're always signed in, of course, so it does know much more about you. Whereas Apple have no interest in advertising at all, arguably not really giving enough information to those that do have interest about advertising. But what Apple is certainly keen on doing is a subscription play where they can actually take 30% of podcast revenue, charge you know a subscription that might be $7.99, it might be $4.99 a month for a particular podcast and away they go. And Apple can certainly see there being a great future in that. So I think we're seeing divergence going on here of Spotify very very much focusing on the ad dollars. Apple, who's always historically been a bit anti-advertising, really focusing on the subscription side. And then you've got the third sort of angle on all of this, which is the amount of crowdfunded podcasts that there are out there. So Patreon and those sorts of services, or even what Adam Curry is now doing with his um, value for value streaming cryptocurrency, where as you listen, you give a very small amount of uh, money to the podcasters who you really enjoy. I think there's lots of different ways of earning revenue out of podcasting. And I think that's probably one of the exciting things about the medium right now is that we're seeing all of these different uh, forms of monetization appear. I want to come back to the commercialization of podcasts in just a moment if I can. But first, just to pick up what you were saying about the 50-50 split or the kind of the level pegging that Spotify now has with Apple in terms of a platform for podcasting. Mm. Now, Apple have dominated for years in the world of podcasting, to the extent that podcasting takes its name from the Apple product. Do you think the fact that you've got the emergence of Spotify and they are now a big player, if not one of the biggest players in this market, is that going to change how podcasting looks in the future? Because like you say, Apple have no interest in the advertising. They have no interest in monetization in that form. And maybe that's played into partly the lack of development, I guess, in terms of or lack of interest from brands becoming sponsors and becoming advertisers in the market. If Spotify have this interest and they have this ability to provide more data to let people know more about the individuals that are listening does that change the landscape completely the more that grows i think that there are a few sort of very big changes which are going on and one of the changes is obviously spotify is not that keen in terms of focusing on the open nature of podcasting and what podcasting is all about. You know, that that's not really Spotify's bag. Spotify is there to pull as many different people into their platform as possible. And so they launched quite recently, they launched video podcasts, and that's exciting. But it's video podcasts that only work if you're hosting with Anchor, which is a podcast hosting company owned by Spotify. Mm. And you can only watch these things if you are on Spotify. So Spotify very much is focused on that. 
And one of the interesting things around that is that, of course, if you end up with a future where most music consumption is going to be done on on-demand services like Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube Music, well, podcasting and those sorts of pieces of great audio content are unique things that uh, Spotify or that Apple can promote. As it is, everybody's got the new Taylor Swift song, everybody's got the new Billie Eilish song. So the music actually isn't a differentiator. Mm. The differentiator here is the other stuff that you also get. And I find, you know, all of that absolutely fascinating. So I think there's a big change happening there. And it's a change that, you know, quite a lot of podcast old guard don't like very much. And they would much rather, you know, the good old days of just Apple being there and Apple doing their stuff. And that's fine. But Apple really have arguably fallen asleep at the wheel here. They've had a lead for so long that all of a sudden Spotify has come in and very aggressively pushed for a new destination for you to have listened to podcasts and things. And they've done very successfully out of that. And, uh, you know, I, again, I think that that's going to be really interesting uh, seeing. And the, the the other thing just to sort of mention is just the, the amount of information that Spotify has that no one else has because you are signed in, because it knows a lot about you anyway from the music that you listen to and from the integrations that they have with a lot of other advertising partners. I know on Spotify, for example, 75% of my audience for the Pod News podcast is male. I know that they are mostly aged between 35 and 44. Not just that, I also know that they like Drake, Kanye West, <laughs> Ed Sheeran and the Beatles. At least uh, two of those I agree with. So, um, you know, so I mean, I think just all of the data there, which you simply can't get from just a download entry in a podcast hosting log, is really interesting, I think. You mentioned earlier, a couple of times you mentioned it actually, kind of the beginnings of podcasting and being this community of audio makers i guess that has changed massively over the last few years with the professional is professionalization even a word but with the industry becoming more professional there's almost like a two-tier system now where you get the big brands who are making podcasts you get your bbc sounds for example who have got the ability to attract big names and get great big audiences but you've still got mm. this lower tier as well of podcasters who maybe their content isn't any less impressive isn't any less engagement but they're always going to struggle to get those audience numbers do you think we're losing what was special about podcasting when it first came on the scene in a sense i i guess although you know i mean when podcasting first came on the scene in uh, july of uh, 2005 i remember going to the first european podcast conference which was in london and i got shouted at because i was working for big media <laughs> uh, working for virgin radio at the time and i was shouted at by the audience who said you know you do not know what you are doing in this space this is our space this isn't your space you're mm. coming in and you're ruining podcasting for everybody um and um i mean it hadn't even been called podcasting for a year by that point so <laughs> i'm not entirely convinced but i think what's interesting and exciting about podcasting frankly is the fact that anything that you see from the bbc or from you know npr in the states or from wondery or from any of these large audio producers is on exactly the same platform as anything that you know one bloke in in his spare room wants to put yeah. up 
and they all have equal access, which is something that we've never had before in terms of audio. We've had that in terms of text with the web, but we really haven't had that in terms of uh, audio. And it's even more of a level playing field because, you know, you have all of these things like Apple Podcasts and Spotify who list everybody, irrespective of whether or not it's a company with uh, 40 people working on it, as the New York Times Daily does for 20 minutes a day, or whether or, or, or not it's, you know, one of the podcasts I do, which is uh, an hour and a half a week, and it's me and a bloke called Sam. <laughs> You know, and we're on the same platform. And I think actually that is where it gets exciting. Now, of course, if you're a large company, you can afford marketing, you can afford all of that kind of stuff. And that is why you typically see larger podcasts doing better. It's not necessarily to do with their content. It's to do with the type of personalities that they can get, but also the amount of marketing that they can that they can push into it. And that's, you know, clearly harder for somebody who's doing a podcast in their spare time out of a spare room. But that doesn't mean to say that, you know, smaller shows don't work in that way. So um, I think it's very exciting. Does that come back to an issue with discoverability then for you? Because that's long been heralded as one of the issues that podcasting has, that there is it's very difficult to find new content. If you go onto an Apple or a Spotify, you're in general, you're served the same things again and again and again. There are the shows you listen to already or they're the shows that are those big hitters from those big names you mentioned. So is there something that needs to change there? Um, I mean, there is to an extent, obviously, things that would be nice to change. But having said that, the algorithms that I'm seeing now, which are surfacing new podcasts to listeners, are doing a really good job of putting new and interesting stuff in front of people. I was looking only the other day, somebody in the UK actually was listening to a show with James Acaster in it. And then all of a sudden, Spotify gave them a big list of other shows where James Acaster has guested, has appeared as okay. a guest. And I thought that's really clever. That's a really interesting way of putting new shows in front of people, spotting who you've enjoyed, and then working out, well, which other podcasts based on that person being in them can we actually put in front of somebody? And in the same way, Google Podcasts, which is the number three podcast app, although a long way behind Apple and mm. Spotify, that is doing some quite interesting things around, uh, it obviously knows what you search for in Google. And it can, you know, match that with what it knows about individual podcasts and individual shows, not just individual shows themselves, but individual episodes within individual shows to actually give you a bunch of interesting ideas there. So I think everybody's going to turn around and say, well, discoverability isn't good enough. I mean, you know, when was the last time you walked into a bookshop and the first thing that you see on the wall is the top 10 books, uh, you know, <laughs> being bought at the moment? And then, <clears throat> you know, there's the there'll be another top 10 but this will be top 10 new books or top 10 books about true crime or whatever it might end up being i think you know we can take an awful lot of cues from the book industry here and i'm not sure that we'll ever fix that issue but i think certainly the leaps and bounds that i'm seeing in terms of algorithms are really changing you know how people are finding new shows and you know we, we, we shouldn't forget there are you know 3.2 million podcasts mm. out there and everybody goes oh whoa you know 3.2 million that's really really scary but there are one million books published every single year mm. you know there's all kinds of um you know the amount of new songs which is coming out uh are, you know is ridiculous as well so i think there is in a way a discovery problem with everything out there 
but actually still the most popular way of finding a new podcast, according to all of the data that I see, is word of mouth. That's how people see new shows, find out about new shows. And, you know, is when somebody tells somebody else, that was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. You should go and have a listen to it. Going back to, as I said, I would about 10 minutes ago now, the uh, growing commercialization of podcasting. So we are seeing a lot more in terms of Patreon uh, subscription models. We're seeing adverts slowly increasing. Do you think the podcasting audience will be accepting of this? Is there a chance that actually the commercialization aspect, the advertising, the being sold to could ultimately turn audiences off? I mean, I think that's one of the exciting things about having ad-funded media in the same place as subscription-funded media. So you can pay to get rid of the ads if you want to. Mm. This isn't like, you know, Hulu or Sky, where you pay an awful lot of money for your TV and you still get ads in there. This is a different game where, you know, you can pay to get rid of the ads or you can enjoy shows with advertising in there and, the, and it's the advertising that ends up paying uh, for it. Now, podcast ad spending has some brand new data that's just come out from a company called Magellan, which I pronounce Magellan, much to their annoyance. But anyway, Magellan AI, I should pronounce properly, <laughs> um, they've, they've just released a report which shows that podcast ad spending is up by, well, it's nearly doubled. It's up by 87% year on year, which is very exciting. But ad load has also increased. Having said that, ad load still isn't very big. It's increased from 5.2% last quarter to 5.8% this quarter. So 5.8%, if you put that into context, then typically radio has obviously 60 minutes in the hour and normally about 10 or 11 minutes of those are full of ads. That's yeah. considerably more than just 6%. So I think, you know, there's still not much advertising in a typical podcast. And of course, you know, on the other side, we all know that a podcast has a marvellous thing that, uh, uh, that radio doesn't have, which is a fast forward button. And if the ads aren't Shh, interesting Don't tell enough, people about that, James. <laughs> it ruins the advertising completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the advertising is poor, people will use that fast forward button. If the advertising is great and engaging and part of the content, people won't. And that, I think, is the, is the secret. And what we always see in terms of ad studies and stuff like that is that um, host-read advertising advertising which is built into the show works really really well and i could tell you that from my days in radio as well it works really really well the more that the on-air talent is engaged with it mm. and i think that's one of the very exciting things that podcasting can offer far more frankly than any other audio or visual media out there i want to finish off today's conversation james with a bit of crystal ball gazing if that's okay you wrote a really interesting article recently on your Pod News website, kind of mapping the history of podcasts and where it came from and how it grew. So I'm wondering if we could look at the next thing. So if you were going to say, these are the three big developments that I see happening in podcasting over the next 12 or 24 months, what do you think those major changes are going to be? I would think that one thing is um, Apple Podcasts launching on Android phones which I know mm. you might think is crazy, but then there's Apple Music is already on Android phones, as is Apple TV. So Apple Podcasts is clearly on the way. That, I think, will make a big difference. 
all of a sudden, I think we'll have an awful lot of people who will be very keen to use Apple Podcasts because they've heard so much about it on their Android phones. So I think that is one thing. I think another thing to look at in terms of where the future is going is a ragtag group of well-meaning amateurs working on something called the Podcast Index and the new podcast namespace. So this is Adam Curry, the person that um, many people call the Podfather. He was um, arguably came up with the idea of podcasting anyway. And he is really back now working on additional technology to make podcasting more interesting and more engaging and more exciting. One of the things he's talking about at the moment, apart from other ways of funding podcasts, is things like comments that aren't just comments in a particular podcast app, but they're comments that could appear across every single podcast app out there if they wanted to build them in. So, you know, you end up with that sort of same ecosystem that you have under YouTube of lots of comments and a real community feel going on. So I'm, I'm sure that we'll see some very exciting things from the podcast namespace there, whether it's that, whether it's transcripts to make um, things more indexable or any other of these, you know, many different uh, things. So certainly those two are going to be a, a big move. But I also think on the other side, I think everywhere outside of the US is still absolutely ripe for growth, ripe for change. All of the consolidation that we have seen over the last two or so years has been within the US, has been, you know, large companies being bought by other large companies, Art19 being bought by Amazon, Anchor and Megaphone being bought by Spotify and so on and so forth. We haven't seen any of that outside of the US as yet. And my suspicion is that there are lots of large um, and growing podcast companies in uh, Europe, in the UK, here in Australia, in parts of Asia, which will really change things as we get that scale going. So I suspect that we will see more of that consolidation happening. And that will probably be a really good thing for podcasting as it moves into a business that has real scale outside mm -hmm. of the US and Canada. Is that to say that you think the current state of the industry in the US and Canada is slowing down, is stagnating? There isn't a huge amount more growth there. Is there still more to happen there? Because we often quite, in the UK particularly, we look to the US and go, well, they've got this level of saturation. The podcasting reaches this many people. We can copy that. Do you think, feel that that's slowing that side of the Atlantic? I mean, I'd say two things there. I'd say that firstly, the UK looks at the US for a lot of things. And partially, one of the reasons why is that in the UK, the only data that we have in the UK is data about podcast consumption that has been compiled by the people that work out the radio figures. And the people that work out the radio figures, I'm not saying that they're deliberately producing figures which are lower but uh, you could you could see why they might want <laughs> to end up doing that. So I'm sure that that's not actually happening. But what we have at the moment is that we have data which Edison Research, an independent company, is producing in the US, in Canada, in Australia. They've produced data in Germany and in South Africa as well. 
and that data isn't being compiled in the same way in the UK. And I have a feeling that if that data was compiled in the UK, it's the infinite dial data that they put mm. together every year. I have a feeling if that data was compiled in the UK, well, we'd have comparable data that's worked out in the same way. Instead of asking radio listeners what they're also having a listen to on podcasts, because that obviously isn't going to give the same kind of answer. Mm. So that's one sort of side of it. The other side is I think there's considerable growth still to come in terms of audiences. I think that. Um, um, probably the days of big consolidation in the podcast business world are probably beginning to slow down in the US. But I think certainly in terms of audience growth, we'll continue to see audiences grow for podcasting in the US for many, many years to come. James, fascinating chatting to you about the world of podcasting. If you want to find more from James, well, pretty much all podcast roads lead to him at some point, but you can find podnews.net is the website for the latest podcasting news. It's at James Cridland on Twitter, and he's already mentioned his podcast as well, which is podnews, which you can find, as we always say in these things, wherever you find your podcasts. Just give it a search. James, really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for talking to us. Oh, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks for so much. Thank you very much for listening to today's Sound Business from VoiceWorks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give it a follow so you don't miss any of the future episodes. Some brilliant guests lined up to talk about social audio, audio branding, some more great podcast insight on the way as well. So click follow wherever it is you listen to podcasts and we'll make sure you get those as soon as it's ready. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please do rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about VoiceWorks and how we can help you with the power of audio at voiceworks.ai.